Hey, Yak, welcome to another quarantine podcast. We're back. It's Easter week, if you're following along. If you're a little late, that's fine. Um, I hope you are able to get something out of this and spend some time with the Lord in the midst of it all. So let me get to today's. We're still going through the Beatitudes. So we're in Matthew 5. So follow along with me. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against uh, against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Um, We are at blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If you remember at the very beginning of this, I talked about how um, this section of scripture was kind of divided up into four different attitudes. The first attitude of the beatitude is towards ourselves, right? That was verse three. Um, The next one was towards our sin, which is verses four through six. And the next one after that was towards God, which is seven through nine. So we're at the very end of that, even though this in my opinion, also links with the fourth attitude, which is towards the world, which is verses 10 and verses 11 through 16. Um, But it is blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Why is it linked to God? Right? And it's because all peace, all peace is related to him, right? The peace that we have when our sins are forgiven and we are made righteous and justified before the Lord. Now, does that mean, blessed are the peacemakers, that does not extend out to our neighbors? Of course not. If you read the Gospels for any amount of time, you will become quickly aware that Jesus cares about the disenfranchised. He cares about our neighbors. He cares about um, those that we come in contact with and how we treat them. There's a great book Um, We read it as a church, not our church, but uh, the church I was at when I was in college um, called The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. Um, It's a very popular book. It's been around for a long time. If you are someone whose spiritual gift is being a peacemaker or being a shepherd, I highly recommend this book to you. On the flip side of that, if you are regularly not at peace with others, Namely, for some reason or another, your personality or your position in life or the way that your relationships are set up are regularly in conflict. This is another um, reason I would recommend this book. Um, Again, it's called The Peacemaker. It's by Ken Sandy. Um, I want to kind of go over at the end of the book, which is it kind of lists all the chapters, right? He has a section called The Peacemaker Checklist. 
and I want to go over his section on glorifying God, which opens up his whole first opening of the book, right? Being a peacemaker is someone who glorifies God. So what does that look like? Here's the checklist for Ken. First, depending on and drawing attention to his grace, that is, is undeserved love, mercy, forgiveness, strength, and wisdom that he gives to us through Jesus Christ. You have to remember that Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. He is the Prince of Peace that was prophesied in the book of Isaiah, right? And when we are peacemakers, we reflect Christ. Next portion of the checklist, doing everything in my power to live at peace with those around me. That's the next thing. That's hard, right? But this is the checklist. Do everything in my power to live at peace with those around me. What changes in your life do you need to make to where you can live at peace with those in your own household and those outside your household? Remembering that Jesus's reputation is affected by the way I get along with others. That is so much, that's so needed. Our, um, our witness to the world is greatly affected in the way that we handle conflict. If you are awful at handling conflict, your witness is tarnished. So we need to learn as Christians how to best handle conflict. This book is a great resource. Interact with your folks if you feel like they're good at handling conflict. Interact with me or Pastor Patrick if you need help with handling conflict. Find somebody who can begin to walk you through this because it is Jesus' reputation is affected. Point four, asking God to help me to trust him, obey him, imitate him, and acknowledge him in the midst of conflict. Let's be real. It's easy to trust him, obey him, and imitate him, and acknowledge him when things are going well, even though we regularly forget him when things are going well. But in the midst of conflict, where does your heart immediately go? Does it immediately trust God or does it immediately not trust him? Are you quick to obey the the um, directions he's given us in the midst of conflict? Example, Matthew 18. Or do we run away from engaging in conflict? Point five, guard against Satan's schemes and false teachings, which are designed to promote selfishness and incite conflict. You only have to be on social media for a couple minutes to realize that people handle conflict in the worst ways. And a lot of it is in the vein of what we call self-help. Right? Well, I'm just going to remove people from my lives and ignore them. That doesn't solve conflict. Maybe it removes you from it, but it doesn't solve it. And God calls us to be reconcilers, not cowards. Many times we're cowards and when we when conflict comes up in our lives. Here's the next one, next point. Using conflict as an opportunity to serve others. Namely, that person that you're in conflict with. When we do that, it's radical. And we reflect Christ because Christ came to do that. He used conflict, namely our broken relationship between the Father. He entered into it and served us his whole life, served his disciples his whole life so that he can end the conflict. Cooperating with God as he prunes me of sinful attitudes and habits and helps me grow to be more like Christ. A lot of that comes back to the Proverbs that we're going through on Tuesday. Lastly, seeing myself as a steward and managing myself, my resources, and my situation 
in such a way that God would say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have to remember that this is, this is a, this is not a sprint. Life is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And because we are human, conflict is inevitable. So how do we handle it? Let's say you've handled conflict poorly this week. The beauty of life is that today is a new day. You can handle it differently today. You can approach it differently today. You can forgive today. Will you do that? Will you seek to be a peacemaker in your community? Because when you are, you are called the children of God. Praying for you guys. Miss you all. It was great to see many of you on Bible study Tuesday night. And I uh, hope you're enjoying this time. Uh, well, maybe not enjoying. Maybe that's the wrong word. But hope that you're getting a lot out of our quarantine. Peace.